Welcome to BNB Books and Banter, a podcast where we are currently reading through Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. This is Linda. And I'm Sarah. We are currently reading the second book, Words of Radiance. We are now covering the first chapter ever, the prologue. This is exciting. We're now officially in Words of Radiance. Yep. And we are in... Prologue! To question. And it's an immediate flashback. Of course it is. Of course. But I'm excited because this is the first Jasna chapter, really. Yeah, it's the first Jasna chapter. And it's a different look at the murder of her father. Yeah. Because we have seen it from Zeth's point of view. Completely different perspective. Hold on. I'm checking for my own sanity here. I'm looking ahead. Out of curiosity to see if we do get more Jasna chapters. Not in part two or three so far, but we have Navani chapters. Mm-mm. I think for your own safety, you shouldn't be looking ahead. I'm only f- flipping on the part versus part four. The nice thing about the e-reader. <laughs> can click on that one page only. No, there are no more Jasna chapters! We'll just have to take what we were given here. I'm so sad. Oh, I'm so excited. I thought this meant that we were getting more of her. <sighs> we are being disappointed. I am. Because I really did enjoy this chapter a lot. Mm. So, first of all, the thing that caught my attention like almost immediately, we finally get Alakar's wife's name. Because we've been wondering. Can you pronounce it? No, of course <laughs> you would leave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> a Sudan? That's what I go for. A Sudan. A Sudan. So we officially have a name to this mysterious wife who we've never heard about, really, for all of an entire book. Mm. Okay, do we want to deep dive and skip ahead to that? The assassin? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we should deal with what we know has happened from a previous chapter the murder of Gavilar. Okay, yes, so we learn. About Elkar's wife's name, mm-hmm. this is kind of like a passing thought for Jasna. She's power walking to meet her assassin here. Mm-hmm. And we can see the way she interacts with the world. Her brain is constantly chasing thoughts. Because she spots Zeth on her way out. I was going to say, like, the first person she really spots, isn't it? High Prince Sadeus? Yes. And there's a moment where she notices the shadow is pointing toward the sphere lamp. Yeah, her shadow is pointing the wrong direction, and Sadeus just walks right through it and doesn't notice. Yeah, you're right. But apparently this has been a thing for Jasna, where the shadows have been Mm. behaving strangely. Mm. It is. And following that observation, she'd notice the Shin Man. Mm Mm-hmm. In loose white clothing. Hmm. (laughs) Yes, definitely Zath, but she didn't know. But she does notice as unusual. Yeah. And then she runs into her father, meeting with Amaran, who apparently was supposed to be her betrothed, or it would have been, Gavlar would have been very happy to marry her off to him. Mm -hmm. But also interesting, I don't know... Have we talked about the difference between the two brothers in terms of looks? It's never mentioned because, I mean, the way Jasna puts it, she dismisses 
Dalinar as being not handsome. But here, in this moment, Jasna specifically does think that her father is a handsome man, unlike his brother. Yeah, so she's saying Dalinar is not handsome. Right. And the beard outlined Gavilar's strong jaw rather than covering it. So she considers Dalinar to be... His beard is covering the jaw. It's not emphasizing it. Mm -hmm. And Gavilar has a personal magnetism and intensity. He's very distinct. Mm. I think she has great admiration for him. Well, I'm trying to remember back to Zeph's moment in this. There was a moment where he realizes that the king was the one in the shard plate, right? Yeah. That only works because Zeth is so unfamiliar, which means somewhere between this moment and, you know, when the fighting starts, Gavilar, for some reason, decides that he needs to be... In his shard plate. In his shard plate, pretending to be the guard. Yeah, it's because here, very clearly, Jasna states... The captain of the King's Guard is wearing his shard plate. Right. And he himself is just in robes. So at some point between now and later in the chapter, right. Gavilar changes clothing and puts on his shard plate instead. Yeah, so what happened between this moment and that moment, right? Mm. Did he know there was going to be an assassination attempt? It's not logical to me if you were just at a party, you're in your royal getup, and you have a meeting, and then somewhere between that and maybe because he left to party and he has no intention of going back, he's like, I gotta swap with my body double here. I have to pretend to be the guard in- instead of the king. But it still doesn't make sense. So weird. It's so weird. Apparently, the people who know him as king, like, he's so, so unique that it wouldn't fly. Like, who else can look like him mm. and then have that same, like, personality? It's very bizarre. Yes. He clearly knew that something was going to happen to him. I don't know. There was a there was a high chance of something happening to him and So this whole night is just messed up. There's so yeah. many secrets going on tonight. Yeah. And he also what was he talking to Amram about? Yeah. It's always a good question. It's the whole thing is he claims it was the treaty, but like, really? Yeah, I don't know about this. And then we have kind of like quick conversation between daughter and father. Hmm. It's like they're talking without talking. <laughs> yeah. She herself also acknowledges that he has changed. Yes. This part here, I think. Pale green eyes, evidence of his good birth. When had he become so discerning? Storms. She felt as if she hardly knew this man any longer. Such a striking transformation in such a short time. Mm. But like, what was the transformation? That he became more observant? I mean, we know that there's a distinct change in his policies, right? Mm. I mean, he did unite all of Lothkar, but going from that to being so adamant about having this treaty. Yeah, it's very strange. Again, so much, so much questions does not line up. Mm -hmm. The next sentence, even that, from the way he inspected her, it almost seemed like he didn't trust her. What? Is that her own fears creeping in? Or is that a proper, like an astute observation of how 
he was making the people around him feel. Or maybe that's the change. Mm. That he is less trustful of the people around him. Yeah. And that would be a big change. Yeah. But then what did he suspect in all the people around him? That, you know, kind of throwaway conversation where they're talking and not really talking. Maybe that is a change for Jasna. Mm. We don't know her relationship with her father prior to this moment. That's true. Right? If her feeling right now is that he doesn't trust her, then maybe before, you know, whatever the change is or whatever it is recently, he would talk to her about things. Maybe he would be more upfront about Mm. the contents of his conversation. Maybe he tells her about what he's planning to do. Mm. But there's a part of me that's like, well... If you've been so focused on just war and uniting, like, how much does he really have to hide? Yeah. Whatever is going on with this treaty has secrets tied to it, and he doesn't want to talk about that. So maybe it's like, maybe that's the difference. Mm. It's just hard because we don't know what he was like previously. Yeah. We just have to hope the book gives us more. So after Gavilar leaves her, Jasmine continues on her way. Yes. Uh, This is where she gets more shadow interactions. Yeah. She goes from getting frustrated with the shadows to landing in Shadesmar, which looks like for the very first time. And it's kind of crazy because we don't really know what triggered her travel to Shadesmar. No, because all we can see are these shadows not behaving the way they should. Yeah. And then her just getting frustrated at it and calling it out Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she's there (laughs) yeah it's not like she's like oh i'm gonna go hide in shadesmire you know no it's not like she said that and be like i need to be safe from the shadows no it is suddenly there and it's kind of crazy it is because we can see now how dangerous it is right obviously with shalon jasmine was there to pull her out immediately right there's a price for her knowledge isn't there Mm mm-hmm And it's terrifying, really. Where she felt like she was pretty much drowning and somehow she managed to latch onto what is supposed to be the palace, which has enough, I guess, gravity to it that she can stabilize herself. Yeah, for me, it seems like one of the spheres was the palace. Right. So she was going out blindly trying to touch all the spheres near her to see if she could find something that would help. Yeah. And that's where she found the palace. And then somehow she manages to, like, map it out. Or map out the corridor she was supposed to be in. Yeah. It's just, again, it's all instinctive at this point. Mm. Lucky for her, she managed to figure it out that much. Mm. And then there's, like, the shadow with the sword. Yeah. Can't tell what they're trying to do. What's the purpose here? It's bizarre. Yeah, it really is. Because Is it because she doesn't back down? She creates the statue. Right. Which she knows will not be able to fight at all. But because she refused to back down to this shadow thing, <laughs> it seemed to, like, bow to her. And... Yeah. And then... It just disappears. Everything goes away. Right. (laughs) So, like, what was the whole point of this interaction? Like, we're talking two different realms here, right? That this figure 
had a purpose, but we can't tell what the purpose. Like, is the purpose to have her be in Shadesmar? Like, was that some sort of test? I don't know. It's very strange. Is this the first time we confirm that Shadesmar is the kingdom of the Spren? I don't know if we quite got that far with Shalon's experience. Yeah, it is the Spren kingdom. What I found very funny, though, is all the Stormlight's gone from the lamps in the walls. We know to look for that now, but I don't think she's noticed quite yet. She noticed that it's dark near her, but it hasn't clicked on her that that's important. It wouldn't surprise me that she didn't think it's important because after an experience where you feel like you were delusional and you almost died. (laughs) And you think you've gone to a mythological kingdom. Right. It's not exactly like, ah, I should make a note of that. Mm -hmm. That is an incredible thing to experience. And then all of a sudden remember that you actually have somewhere to be. It's like that's an incredible amount of compartmentalization. Yes. It's very focused. And then she makes a note of the Parshendi's music Mm -hmm. complexity. So they're still playing away. Right. And there's a part of her that knows that they are not what they seem. Mm -hmm. That this culture is more complex than... Than what they'd been assuming. That they're not uncultured savages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Imagine that. But she eventually gets to where she was going, which is to meet her assassin, whose name is Lys. Even just this whole thing is interesting. So she was thinking of having somebody assassinated, Mm -hmm. but she's not certain. And so she had a backup plan and she decides to go with that. Mm -hmm. Elikar's wife is being spied on. Yeah. So does this mean she wanted his wife dead? That was the first plan? I would have read it that way. Mm. That she was going to kill his wife. Why? does she need her sister-in-law why does she need her sister-in-law dead right what's going on so she's suspicious of something because there's something happening but like six years later his his wife's still alive clearly and jasna has not thought about her or mentioned her at all so i wonder if this assassin has been watching for that full six years yeah that'd be interesting too yes definitely but why Mm. Yeah, it's a puzzle, because she's clearly not what she seems, and so far, Elikar's wife hasn't had much of a presence of anything. No, she's just in the capital the whole time. Maybe Jasna's giving her too much credit. (laughs) I hate to say that, but maybe she just is exactly what she appears to be. Mm. Not that I know what she's supposed to appear to be. What is she supposed to be, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) because we literally have no information at all. The only thing we know is that she stayed behind in Alethkar, and she must be Mm. holding court. Like, that's all we know. And Navani left her because she didn't feel very welcome in that court. Again, we have nothing in terms of personality, or there's, like, no impressions for us to go off of. Mm. However, we do learn more about Jasna, though. Just so very protective of her family. The fact that she's reaching out to these assassins because she has basically a standing contract with them where she, mm. where if a hit basically is going to be put on her family, she has a chance to buy it out, basically, and get information on the person who ordered the hit. Yeah, which is a very interesting way of going about it. It's not as if Gavilar isn't a decorated veteran of the 
battlefields. Yeah. It's interesting because Jasna is the one doing this. Mm. Like, it's not Navani who is the one concerned about assassins or things like that. Jasna's the one dipping into the murkier side of things. Yeah. To ensure that everything is going to be as safe as she could possibly make it for her family out there. It's very interesting. Because like, it's a different side of Jasna. It's very ruthless. Very. And not something you would expect because so far up until this point, all we know of her is that she's, quote, a heretic. And she is a scholar. Which apparently she declared earlier. <laughs> so again, something about this night. <laughs> so, I mean, it was been six years ago. She would have been in her 20s, I assume. Late 20s? I have no idea. I can't remember. I mean, she's obviously older than Elokar. Is she? Yeah. I wonder what's driven her to be so protective. Is it just her own intelligence? I don't know. Like, she kind of looked around, did the math, and said, nobody is thinking about this. Let me go ahead and mm. take care of it. Because that seems like a practical Jasna thing. Yeah. Like, the logical steps of it. It actually does suit in with other aspects of her character. Like, when she brought Shalon out to show her the power of the Fabriel. Mm-hmm. And she murdered those guys who were the bad guys. She exacted her own justice. Right. Which lines up with her hiring assassins to... Shades of Grey. This is our Jasna. Yes, very much so. Very much Shades of Grey. She will enact her own justice as she sees fit. Yeah. Which makes her very powerful and very dangerous. Especially because she has the means to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. In their small talk... We learned that the assassin apparently had a very good servant, the Shin fellow was, who she then sold to a slaver. How crazy. Because she found him a little bit too weird. Yes. So this was one of Seth's masters. Right. You can hear like Jasmine's brain working away, thinking it's a coincidence, but... Mm. Especially because she saw a Shin Servant, like, very recently. Yeah. I think she's very... She notes all these little things, like, even as she was making her way over, right? Mm -hmm. She makes mental notes for herself. Oh, I gotta check this person's background. I gotta keep a closer eye on this person, because they're not what they seem. Yeah. And as she's doing that, the music cuts off. Oh, yep. And... It's then that she thinks the party has ended early. There's a moment when she's in the hallway leaving the assassin where she hears them talking and there's a mention of Mm. what we've done was wrong. That creature carries my lord's own blade. Yeah. We shouldn't have let him keep it. Yeah. So I'm wondering what this conversation is. Yes. Jasna and I are on the same page here. It sounds like they're talking about a shard blade. Yeah. It's really bizarre because they mention about being worried about Ash. Yes. Because she's getting worse. We weren't supposed to get worse. Are these Zeth's employers at the time? But then it's like, who's the Lord? I thought Zeth just had the blade. Mm. He is the blade's owner. I thought it was his. Yeah. Exactly. So many questions. What is going on? So many. (laughs) It's just like 
everything. There's so many like little things that are wrong with this night. Too many secrets that Jasna is walking past, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, like we don't have any answers for this bit at all. Right. We at least know that Shadesmar exists. Right. And we know that there was an assassination of Gavilar. Yeah, it's a very haunting night for her. The first time in Shadesmar, and then her father gets assassinated. Yeah. In the midst of it all, she's hearing conversations that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. There's this moment where I don't think we've realized how close Jasna was to this, to the end of the assassination, right? Well, she sees her father fall. This moment here. Gavilar hesitated as he stepped out onto the balcony, looking back at her. Yeah. Like, he hesitated. And why not run to her? If he's in his shard plater at this point with his own blade. Well, that's the thing. So someone on the balcony screamed. And Gavilar then hesitated and stepped out. And the balcony broke between both of them. That's true. We don't know who screamed. I would have assumed it was Zeth. Because Zeth and Gavilar fell. But they fell because the balcony broke. Yes. How did the balcony break? This moment right here, man. I have questions. <laughs> but either way, Jasna watches the fall, and she sees Zeth basically fall onto the wall mm -hmm. and remain on the outer palace wall, not falling. Yeah. So she is getting glimpses of more of the strange and unknown. Mm-hmm. This is so overwhelming. Like, so many things are just not clicking up. I can see, like, yeah, this would bother me too. Mm -hmm. It's really bizarre because she's then like, I worked so hard to protect this family. Right. And she did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these are three percent Shendi standing right behind her going, yeah, it was us. Yeah. Like, what? Also, does not get why. Because I don't understand why. <laughs> Like, why? She literally saw Zeth and her father fall. And she saw Zeth stand over her father's body. Yeah. And then the three Parshendi are behind just going, yeah, it was us. Yeah, we hired him. Yeah, it was us. Yeah. Who asked? <laughs> but the reason is because your father was about to do something very dangerous. And that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So crazy. And then we hear Sadeus. Sadeus bursting in to take control. Yeah. But I mean, look at his first words, though. Did my orders get to Elicar? The crown prince must be taken to safety. Mm. Like, he doesn't yet know that. Gavilar is dead. Oh, wait. No, he does. Look, High Prince Sadeus stumbled into the room along with a team of soldiers. His bulbous, ruddy face was wet with sweat, and he wore Gavilar's mm. clothing, the regal robes of office. So he swapped with Gavilar. But yeah, he took Gavilar's robes. Gavilar took his shard plate. They were doing something together, The two, these two. Like, what, what were they planning? There's no way anybody would mistake Sadeus for Gavilar. <laughs> Just no way. Nobody who's in court would ever do that. Mmm. <laughs> it's incredibly bizarre. The whole night. Right. So Gavilar meets with Amaran. And then I guess goes to meet with Sadeus. Well, Sadeus was out of the main room because Jasna... Right, because she walked past him. But wh what are they doing? What was the point of having Sadeus pretend to be the king? 
Like, who are they meeting that they won't know what Gavilar looks like immediately? Is, does Gavilar have no faith in his own ability to defend himself? Like, he he was really good against Zeth when they actually went over that battle between the two of them. Well, and I think it also shows a lot about Sedeus, because Sedeus is the one without the armor. Yeah, he's without the armor and without the blade, and he likes to take a back seat during his battles. But here he is, up front. Pretending to be the king. With no protection. Except the soldiers, the normal soldiers around him. Yes. And you have to also assume that the king was with him, right? At whatever meeting that they were going to. Yeah. Well, that's true. Seth would have been chasing him, so Gavilar and Sedeus, and Sedeus would have been the one who got away and realized that Zeth was no longer chasing him. Yeah. And had probably rounded back to get soldiers, maybe? Well, we know Zeth figured out that whoever he was... Did he kill whoever? Chasing. He didn't kill whoever was wearing the robes. Right, because they were fighting a duel, and he's like, no way that this is a renowned swordsman. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way this is the, the guard. This is... Yeah, and that's what gives him away. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't tell me what the two of them were doing. <laughs> no, why did he pretend to be the king? Yeah. This is our second look at the night, and it's still as confusing as ever. And it's not just us, because Jasna's pointing out that the assassin walked on the wall. Mm. But the Parshendi are not surprised. No. But no one else is paying attention to her. Well, I mean, she's also really in shock, too. Mm. And also... We haven't even touched on the fact that Dalinar is, like, incredibly drunk for the whole thing. <laughs> well, we know he regrets it, because after that, he decides that, yeah, no more drinking. No more drinking. <laughs> now we know, for definite, he was in such a state that night, he couldn't do anything to help. But, I mean, what could he have done? Like, all the players were already doing whatever sneaky, mm. secret things they wanted to do, and Dalinar was with the party. It's just bizarre. Very. A good prologue. And this is the first podcast episode of Words of Radiance. We will be covering the next chapter next week. <laughs>